All right. Hello. What's going on? Rich Ryan here. Reinforced Running Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about some of the key differences when preparing for DecaFit from Hyrox. A couple months back when the scenario was flipped, I kind of covered that, how the how jarring it was moving from DECA into Hyrox. This is kind of flipped now. Now the Hyrox season has been completed, and I understand that if you're listening internationally, uh, DecaFit is primarily uh, domestic here in the United States, but this could go for other events that are going to be shorter. We haven't necessarily seen a hybrid event that is longer than 60 to 90 to two hours so it's looking like high rocks when it comes to cyber fitness racing is going to be on the high end of what we can expect in terms of duration uh, maybe there will be something else down the road that is just a little bit crazier or if you're doing like the go ruck thing with the high rocks or just any of those like longer type events then the conversation will then like your training is going to definitely be steered more in that high rocks direction for this, we're going to be talking a little bit more about how things go from long to short, right? So if there are other hybrid events that pop up, it could be at like some of these local like, competitions. We're seeing things like Battle Bunker pop up. So we're going to talk about that quite a bit. Before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by Resolute Coffee. I've been working with Resolute for a couple of weeks now and I've tried all of their different offerings, their beans that they have, and they're very high quality excellent coffee so if you are addicted to coffee probably you are most of us are why not make it quality and that's what resolute coffee is doing for us the best part well the best part's the quality of product (laughs) that that is just the best part but my favorite part is that the founder is a member of our community he does these races he knows what it's like to get out there and push and grind and really put his nose down on what hard work can do for you on the race course. So he's doing that inside of this coffee company. And I love that he supports us. We should support them. Check out the link in the show notes. R Ryan, no RR 20, sorry, discount code RR 20, 20% off resolute coffee, crush shit daily. Now we're on. All right. So I'm going to break out the, couple different factors that really separate these two that these two events and again we're gonna use deck of fit this could be anything shorter 45 minutes and under is what we're gonna kind of go with and things that might not be necessarily super heavy so with high rocks if you want to make it as simple as possible in terms of preparation it's gonna boil down to aerobic capacity and muscular endurance aerobic what what these two things are aerobic capacity it's basically how much oxygen you could take. And this could be interchangeable with things like VO2 max. There could be an aerobic power, which we'll touch on a little bit as well. And then, uh, I think in a, an episode down the road, I'm going to talk about three or four different categories of training when it comes to endurance and and how to kind of approach them. So I'm going to touch on, I'm going to speak a little bit of that language right now and kind of give you a quick briefing of what that all means. So like aerobic capacity, basically how much oxygen you could take in. Um, VO2 max is how much oxygen you can utilize in terms of and how much you're going to absorb. So it's how much oxygen comes in and versus how much comes out. So that's when they put that big mask on you, whatever. And then, so that's basically a, a key component of uh, of training for high rocks. It's a long event. The, the work rate, your respiration rate gets high 
but it can kind of go up and down and never, it should, it never really boils over and you're never quite getting anaerobic, right? You might feel a bit of a lactic response when it comes to some of the stations where you're, where in isolation, you're getting a little anaerobic, but systemically it's not to the point where there is the level of lact like lactate in your system that is going to uh, kind of spike you over. Like we've talked about this in the past, and I think I was going to stop saying that. I think I'm just going to reiterate the, th- the stuff that I'm talking about right now. Listen to all the past episodes. Listen to all the future episodes. Subscribe. Share with a friend. Do all of that. So, four millimolars is generally, like, generally speaking, right? It's what we've been, what we can sustain in terms of lactate in our blood that is globally in our system let's see you can prick your finger uh there's like you can prick like your earlobe there's different ways of testing what your global lactate could be and this is a a much more sophisticated style of training but a lot of the ways that we train you can kind of get there off rate of perceived exertion there's specific paces or there's heart rate uh, that can kind of correlate to kind of get you to like that zone three is basically what i'm talking about during a hyrox event you might not, you, you could probably sit right in that or right below that four millimolar. And what happens if you get like, once it gets past that, it really kind of spikes. And that's what's called your anaerobic threshold. And when that spikes, that's when things kind of completely shut down and that, uh, and all, uh, and like, you can't go any faster. And rarely you're going that speed in a high rocks event, maybe during the wall balls, but generally you're just too exhausted. And that kind of leads me to the second point that we, that we generally are looking for when training for high rocks is muscular endurance. So muscular endurance is basically how much work your muscles can do before they start failing. And again, you might feel some isolation, some lactate isolated in your legs during things like lunges or your core during the sled or, or not, not the sled during the ski, your legs are in the sled, maybe your forearms in specific areas, like after the row into the farmers, whatever. But that's generally going to be because of muscular failure due to lack of muscular endurance and basically how to train muscular endurance. It's progressive overload. It's a lot of the principles that go into place when we're talking about hypertrophy. So working in higher rep ranges and doing a little bit more each week, progressively overloading. It's very simple to just go and do a hundred walking lunges, right? Like you can just do that, but to really get the muscular endurance up, you should probably go beyond and doing it in sets and reps that's going to allow you to rest and recover and then work and tax the muscle even further so that you're not, you aren't failing out on your specific sets and reps, or you're not being inhibited, say you're say aerobically, right? If you're just doing walking lunges to the point and you become exhausted, your respiration rate gets high and you need to rest. Like then we're not quite working that. So muscular endurance is very much trained, like how most other muscular systems would be trained so we could be we're talking about power max strength and then endurance endurance is going to be 10 plus reps and progressively overloaded so that is a really key component to training for high rocks to me like probably the most (laughs) it's hard to say right i think these go hand in hand right if you don't have the aerobic capacity uh specifically while running the muscular endurance probably isn't going to matter too much but the if uh, where a lot of People come in with ha- that ha- might have some background in CrossFit 
or uh, are working in that muscular endurance range quite a bit. Their capacity is definitely uh, shut down when it comes to running, but like a runner or someone who comes from uh, like OCR or something like that, the muscular endurance piece, or just if you're just coming from a regular gym, the muscular endurance might be cranked up so high, the demands for these events that you just have to, you just need to go slow. <laughs> you just need to go slow so that the, all the muscle fibers don't just get exhausted and overtaken by lactate. And uh, so, and those work hand in hand, right? The, the higher aerobic capacity, the more uh, that you're going to have an easier job clearing that lactate in different areas of your body, right? That's what, then uh, again, save it for the future, but muscular endurance is very, muscular endurance and aerobic capacity. Those are two biggest pieces that you need for hot rocks, right? And training the two pieces are going to be doing progressive overload in the muscular endurance rep ranges and getting do a little bit heavier, a little bit more reps consistently. And the aerobic capacity, that's just going to be doing a lot of aerobic work and then doing things like aerobic threshold type, type work. And that's really going to how you're going to kind of build that up. So it could be just running. It could be running and rowing, skiing, all this stuff that is going to be considered your endurance work. That's what's going to build that aerobic capacity. Aerobic, so in these shorter events, aerobic capacity is is, is also crucial, right? And that's going to just going to be for the matter of any endurance event in general, anything that's going to be over like 800 meters, <laughs> even 800 meters like that. There's still like the aerobic capacity because there is such a high anaerobic demand in, in an event like that that you need to be good at clearing lactate and in order, and what's going to help you do that is your aerobic ability. So for so, with shorter events like DECA or whatever type of events that you have that could be on the shorter end of things, the aerobic capacity is still going to matter. But when it, when it's these shorter, lighter events, the aerobic power is going to matter a little bit more. And what aerobic power generally is, is going to be at what level you can perform what percentage of your VO2 max you can perform at, right? This is what classically would be considered like your V dot. If you follow, if you're familiar with uh, Jack Daniels, so your, your aerobic capacity or your VO2 max, which I'm going to kind of put into categories on VO2 max is kind of its own thing. Like a VO2 max, it's kind of like your ceiling, what you're, what you're potentially able to do, but your aerobic power or like your V dot, that's actually what you're, what you can do. So what VO2 max is, it's the, amount of milliliters of oxygen that you can use per kilogram of body weight in one minute, right? So there's a, a number, right? So it could be like 70, right? That is what you are able to uh, actually take in and absorb. But like you can be, you could have that 70 and like you can reach that while running at like an eight minute pace. But if someone in like, then they kind of get shut down. But someone could be like a 62 and they can, they can reach a higher percentage of that while running at a six minute pace, you know, like then it doesn't really matter. Then like the, the, the number of, of your VO2 max isn't that important. It's basically what like your high end capability is going to be. And it can be, it can be improved slightly, but it's gonna be very hard to, to, to drastically improve this. Some of it can be inherent. A lot of it has to do with body size. An analogy I like to use for this is uh, essentially like if you are a basketball player who is six uh, six foot, one fifty, but can handle real well. You can shoot. You know you have the basketball IQ. Like your your potential might be lower than someone who is six six with a six nine wingspan. 
But if that person's never played basketball and doesn't have any any capacity to know how to do it, then the six foot athlete is going to be better. That's essentially what your aerobic power is, is like how well you can perform at the percentage of what's given to you in your VO2 max. If I think that make, that's making sense. So for the shorter events, it's important to train that. And that's going to be a lot of aerobic threshold type work. How fast you can run while staying aerobic and bumping up that line so that you're not being completely overtaken and taking going over those four, that four millimolar mark that certainly sends you into a spike of, of fatigue and gets you a little bit more anaerobic. In high rocks, like I said, like you don't really have to come face to face with that. It's just like the muscular endurance is so important and it slows you down so much on things like the runs where your aerobic power would be uh, most beneficial that you can't really access that as much. So like it's a very good endurance builder to do for high rocks. I like that style of training doing aerobic power. And if you've done any of my programs or the coaching threshold training is really what we do. That's a lot of like the mechanical skill work that we need to do, the running pace pieces, and it's still like building aerobic capacity. The aerobic power that you have for that you need for DECA is going to be very is going to be race specific. You're going to be put in the place where you're bumped up against your ceiling of what you can consume of oxygen, and you need to be able to sit right under it, clear the lactate that's coming through, and that's what these and and also being able to 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 continue going forward, <laughs> continuing to be at a respiration rate that is, that is appropriate. So training in that aerobic power area is going to be very helpful. So that, that, again, that could be things like aerobic threshold intervals, which are just putting like, I think this is good for both styles of training, but it's more race specific for, for DECA. And it's also more race specific on machines and on the stations as well. The high rock stations almost all muscular endurance, you know, it, again, there is that aerobic capacity piece that you need to be able to come in there and have your wherewithal with you and being able to, to continue to move well, but it's mostly muscular endurance in DECA. It's a lot more mechanical skill. So it's going to be efficiency in and out of the stations and speed. So this is the difference when it comes to the two, when the station work, the running work, it's, it can be similar with the aerobic capacity and the aerobic power work, the race differences are are drastically di are drastically different. Where you're not you're going to be mostly within that capacity, the aerobic capacity and the aerobic power is not going to be necessarily needed. In DECA, it's needed. So your race specific workouts should be taxing you there, where maybe not as much in in the high on the high rock side of things. You might not quite get there just because of the uh, demands that that come of the stations so the mechanical skill piece is what becomes more important than the muscular endurance and this is why it's very challenging <laughs> what i found coming from decade in the high rocks is because it takes a while to build up the muscular endurance and it can go away and the skill is a little bit easier to sharpen. It's a little bit easier to, to learn and to understand. Now, if you're coming from nothing, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some kind of like almost like drills, <laughs> like working specifically on moving from one thing to another to another. And if you're preparing for even a, a quicker, faster event, like a DECA Strong or DECA Mile, the mechanical skill is elevated even further. Like how are we going to do the transitions? When you come into the stations, where are you going to put your body? Where are you going to start? How does the, the setup start? 
how did the how did the ski jerk start? What, which way do I pick up the the dumbbells? Where in high rocks, it's moving slower. <laughs> like that stuff can matter, but it's more about the effort. Like if you can run in and just pick it up and just keep moving in high rocks, like that's good. And you're not going to lose time because someone had like, like had a a better idea and quicker transition in and out of things. So the skill part isn't as important. And in high rocks, things are pretty much straight line. Like the highest skill movement in a high rocks is, I think is wall balls. And that's like a squat. (laughs) That's a squat into a press, which for uh, a sport that is going to be more skilled like CrossFit, that's pretty basic. It's almost like the easiest thing. And it's more of like a mobility aspect and and, uh, a movement movement and accuracy skill that it should be fairly easy to pick up. And if you have had your battles with wall balls, which if you've done a high rocks, you probably have. You understand that it takes some time to, to kind of really get the movement piece down. The machines, there's also some skill involved there, but still straight line. It's still repetition. It's like the same as running. Running is also a skill, right? If you're not working on that, like it's going to be uh, detrimental in terms of your ultimate results because of inefficiency. But in terms of losing ground because of a, a strategy or a tactic or a skill or a speed in into the stations, it's just not really going to happen in High Rocks. But it's definitely going to happen in DECA or an event shorter than this hour if you're in that sub 40 minute sub 45 minute race race duration it's gonna matter and when you watch some of the newer athletes or athletes who are in the advanced age group categories where the coordination starts to go a little bit then you'll see there are there's definitely space there on the lunges on and on like the step overs even like the ball overs anything there's like lateral movement involved which is a little bit more skill and the mechanical skill is going to matter quite a bit for DECA. So, and the last piece that we're, we're going to, you'll we'll probably need to touch on, and I would recommend touching on this uh, pretty much consistently throughout your training all the time. And again, if you're doing some of the training programs that I'm putting together, like you're going to notice there's like doses of, of this kind of sprinkled in there. And that's just like your anaerobic uh, capacity. So, the capacity to like do work while being anaerobic. And this could be the, the best way to use this is just assault bike, just getting on there 60 seconds to two and a half minutes, I think is a good spot for that. It can really kind of take you over and, uh, and just kind of sprinkling in that so that you have the ability to go anaerobic is that's very important in deca fit is it, you might get to a place where either the running or some of the station work at the, at the back end is going to put you in a place that you need to operate without available oxygen in your system. And that's trainable, right? Like the clearance of it and the, the production of it is trainable. Like it's going to happen either way, but like the rate in which you produce it, the rate in which you clear it are going to need to be addressed during training. And most specifically like the assault bike in the event and then the, the tank at the event as well. And even like the bur- ramp burpees. So at the back seven se- station seven through the finish, you can get pretty anaerobic in these events themselves where your system is working so fast that your muscles aren't getting the oxygen needed. So you need to produce a secondary fuel source, which is pyruvate and then lactate 
And then <laughs> you're going to need to deal with that byproduct of that because the secondary, uh, the secondary source is not as efficient of an energy source as oxygen in terms of maybe efficient is not the word. It's not as sustainable, right? It's not as, as, as sustainable as of an energy source for your muscles, um, but you can produce more and you can tolerate the byproduct more within training. And this is where you can kind of go like the high intensity classes can go a little bit too far. And if you go too far with, with one versus the other, like it's not going to show up the same way that you want it to. So I think just like sprinkling doses of that in there uh, once or twice a week and, and Decafit is going to be important. I think it's helpful in high rocks. It's helpful to be able to go there and, and know that you can rely on that and to get anaerobic in something like a sled push and still have the capacity to clear it um, is, is also very helpful. So coming into DECA, I would recommend kind of sprinkling some speed in right off the jump. And in terms of running, that's what I like to do is hitting things with very short, fast, quick turnover to work on that mechanical efficiency. Cause it's not just mechanical efficiency when the skills going in and out of stations, it's also on the runs it's faster running. So the more power you can produce with each step, the better you will be at these faster run events. Yes. Deca has less running, but the running is more important because the there's not as much time during the stations for people who are less good at running to catch up. And if you can, be a fast runner out there and be mechanically efficient through your stations, you're going to have a huge leg up right away. So working on some faster movement is, is pretty important when it comes to uh, the transition into DECA. I think just doing things like fast 200s, faster 100s, these are things that are, it's a good time to, to put into place there. And then working on the skill, uh, kind of subbing out some of the stuff that you would do, or just using it as a secondary movement piece when it comes to some of the metcons and i talked about this last week where uh what things i would specifically keep present all year into a high rocks training program you can kind of sub in some other pieces that's going to be more high rock specific or more deca or whatever shorter event you're doing that's going to be more specific for that just so you can improve on the actual skill of the the movement while getting some conditioning work in and then when it comes to the other stuff I don't think it needs to be incredibly different. I think like working on the mechanical efficiency on your run, working on the mechanical efficiency on your stations is going to be where you need to spend some time. And these things are not incredibly taxing. Like they can be initially, uh, especially for some run stuff, some faster run stuff. Um, this could be put on the row, put on the ski, just really getting powerful and quick and efficient in your movement pieces where in high rise, you're mostly just grinding. You just grind and grind and grind. And then if you just do that all the time for high rise and you come into a DECA, you kind of get your doors blown off because of how fast things are and, you, and you're not used to mechanically moving that way. So one, you're slower. And two, it's less efficient. So you might not have, again, that ability to go anaerobic even for like a little bit and even if you tip over just slightly with this high rocks training you might not be able to recover that well or it's too late right like you're it's you're, you're taking too long in your sit-ups and then it's then you're behind and there's nothing you can really do about it so working on the mechanical efficiency and on the running and on the skill side is a great way to kind of transition into decafit or these shorter events and if you're just working into the off-season stuff like it's a good time just to to make sure you are becoming a little bit more well-rounded of an athlete Again, you can do high rocks all year and just grind, 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 grind. But is that 
going to elevate your ceiling as an athlete and working on these, this mechanical stuff is faster twitch stuff, making you a little bit more of a faster, more powerful athlete. It's only going to help when it comes to going back into working on the grind of the muscular endurance pieces. So that would be my recommendation and kind of the, the main differences between the two. If you're training for high rocks, work in muscular endurance, work in aerobic capacity. If you're going to go into DECA, you're going to need some more aerobic power. You're going to need some mechanical skill and some anaerobic capacity. So that will basically wrap us up today. Again, shouts to our sponsors, Resolute Coffee. Another quick shout out to one of my sponsors, 10,000 Apparel. 10,000 Apparel is just the best stuff on the market. I was wearing that even before they showed me support as an athlete. And the reason I really enjoy this product is because it performs well. It performs well and it looks good. <laughs> it, like There's this 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 trend that's kind of like this athleisure gym leisure type stuff that it's more like you're wearing it to make it look like you work out right but like when it comes to performance it just doesn't do the trick and either in terms of durability or in like and how well it's going to hold up during workout like in and like how it can manage sweats and kind of make you feel cool or hot this this stuff that's more athleisure just doesn't do it it just doesn't work well and it doesn't hold up especially if you're going to be doing hard ass work like like hybrid fitness racing you need something that's going to hold up so my favorite are the interval short i would get the 5 inch no no liner that's just that the no liners personal uh, for me as a runner dude, uh, all my liners are always like brief liners. So the two in one liner is something I haven't quite adjusted to yet. My guy, Ryan Kemp loves the interval short with the liner. And I think without the liner is, is awesome. I love it because that's pockets as three different pockets, two on a side and a side zipper pocket. I use it. I put gloves in there for high rocks and I can put a little nutrition piece, like a little goo in there as well. And it just performs well. It's a little, they give a little bit more space in the trunk, <laughs> just that junk, that trunk junk and your quads. That was where I really needed, needed to know I needed to get new shorts is when I was being restricted in my back squats by the size of the pant leg in my short. And I never have to worry about these. They're absolutely amazing. They're durable. Again, they look good. A variety of styles you can pick from. Interval is my favorite. No liner. Liner is supposed to be great as well. The Session Short is my second favorite. This does have a liner in it, but super light. And the exterior of the short is also very light. Wicks moisture like crazy. Less pockets. Much more stripped down. So this is what I'll take if I'm going for a run and then immediately to the gym. They are so good. Again, look awesome. So check out. 10,000 because again, they're sponsoring us. So we want to support them and they got people within their company that are out there doing high rocks as well. The guy, my main contact just crushed New York. This is like, these are, this is what these companies talk about. They're in it. They believe in what we're doing here. So give them some love. Our, our Ryan 15 for 10,000, 15% off your full order. Make sure you're checking out race man podcast rate, subscribe, share with a friend, rate, subscribe, share a friend, reinforce running podcast. We'll talk to you soon.